You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. One of my my favorite things to do is to stop and just hear from you, what do you guys want to talk about when it comes to all things relationships? And so, this is actually a live Q&A, all right? You guys ready for this? If you are that boring, I'm going to be boring too, all right? We've got to have some fun with this. Um, what I love in Scripture is uh, what we don't often realize is what Paul was doing in Scripture was answering a lot of the questions that the church was asking. And so what you have in the epistles is Paul actually answering questions. And so I love every time we get a moment to stop and just answer some questions. And I thought going into Valentine's week and everyone's thinking about relationships that we stop and just answer all your questions regarding relationships. And here's what we're doing. We're not trying to hear from, well, what do, what do Pastor Kristen Tatum have to say about this? What we want to know is what the Bible has to say. Amen. And so we take every question that we're going to get, and we're going to try to bring it to Scripture. Now, years ago when we would do this, Tate and I have been doing this since student ministry, um, but what we would do is we would get all the questions ahead of time. We would sort through them and pick the ones we like, and then we would get to prepare for them, you know, and like, and, and spend like a week getting ready to deliver that. But what we've done recently and what we're doing today is we're just going out, we're going out on, the, on, the, on a limb for you, okay? We, we're going to let you decide what questions we ask uh, or we answer. We're going to let you decide which ones get pushed to the top. And without even preparing or anything like that, we're going to do our best and ask God to guide us to the answers in Scripture. And so listen, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to throw a QR code up on the screen. Whoops, you guys all disappeared, but there's a QR code. <laughs> we dis- I disappeared. There's a QR code right there on the screen. If you guys get out your phones real quick and hit that and... Start loading up your questions, start upvoting your questions, and while you are doing that, would you please help me welcome my beautiful wife, Tatum. She's going to come up here and help me answer these questions today. Good morning. And hosting us today, everybody, is the one and only Pastor Trey. Come on, Pastor Trey. Come on up. 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 Did I take your seat, Tatum? I'll let you have it. All right. All right. I do have a bone to pick with someone in this room. Uh-oh. One of the questions came in, why is Pastor Chris so handsome? And I need to know, Mike, was that you? Okay. I think it we'll was. We'll talk after service The today, answer to okay? that question is it's in the genes. Have you seen my family? Come on, everybody. <laughs> my dad's done all right. But I do want to blame him for the fact that I am growing a mohawk right now. Have you seen that lately? Do you like that, Pastor? No comment, Pastor Trey. Okay, thank you. <laughs> no comment. Well, listen, everybody, here's what we do. We don't want to... I'll jump right into this. So you start loading up your questions with that QR code that you've got there on the screen. And um, you can, everybody needs to participate, okay? Is everyone, anyone on the website, you guys got there? Anyone there? Anyone there? Come on, let me see your hand if you're there. Let me see your hand there. Slido.com, it should take you to. And what you can do is actually upvote questions. The question that has the most thumbs up will be pushed to the top, and Tatum and I are going to wrestle with those questions and take you to God's word uh, regarding those questions. So you get to read through the questions everybody's asking, up about your questions, and, and we'll, jump, we'll jump right in. Tatum, would you mind praying over our time as we get, yeah, into, uh, get into this? Yeah. 
God, we thank you so much, Lord, for this morning, for this opportunity to be here, God. And Lord, as we each wrestle, Lord, with different things that are going on in our life, God, and these questions that are answered, Lord, I just pray that, um, God, you would guide us, Lord, through your word, what your word has to say about these things, Lord. And God, that we could leave here today, Lord, with some answers, God, that, that our day and our week could look different, Lord, God, as we wrestle through these things, Lord, and find, Lord, what you have to say about them, God. So we ask you to just be in our time right now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. I see you guys are already uh, upvoting and we've got some coming in. So let's go ahead and let's dive in fast because we've got a lot of questions. We want to get through as many as we as we can. All right. First question coming in uh, right here. What are some practical tips to continue to prioritize your marriage slash spouse when you start having kids? That's great. That's a great question. Tatum. All right, I will. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, Sit further away from me on the couch, Tatum. Is that how you do? Is that yeah, how you prioritize good. it? Yeah, that's good. Um, that's a great question because definitely dynamics shift and change when you start having kids from when it's just just you and your spouse. And so um, I think a great way to do that is to continue to make each other the priority over your kiddos. Yes, you have to take care of them. Yes, they're a part of your life, but you still want to prioritize your marriage, and and you can do that through very practical ways of, one, making sure that you're connecting every day, that you're having conversation. How was your day? What's going on? How are you feeling? Anything you need help with. So making sure that you you connect daily, um, that you connect weekly, that you have some kind of, of date night. You're getting out, just you and your spouse, and you're going, you're having some fun. Um, you can swap with another couple that has kids if, if it's financially hard to get a babysitter. Chris and I used to do, we've told you before, cereal nights. So we'd put the Cereal the kids, dates. Cereal babe. dates. Cereal dates. Cereal dates. So we'd put our kids to bed and we would just sit at the kitchen table and we would eat Light cereal. some candles and eat some cereal. And eat cereal and it's just good. talk or watch a show together. So making sure that you're still putting priority on your marriage and not just, you know, kids and sports and school and homework. And then your marriage is, you know, kind of is, is second. So Yeah, it's a, it's a real struggle. And I think that the, the best way to say it is, is the... The greatest thing you can give your ch- children is a healthy marriage. Yeah. Does that make sense? What happens is couples start to focus on their kids over their marriage, and they actually end up deteriorating what they should be giving their kids, which is a healthy marriage, yeah. right? Like, kiddos need to know, no, we are getting you a babysitter because we're going on a date tonight. And, we are, you know, they need to see those types of things. The scripture tells us that a man will leave... Um, his mother and father, and, and cleave to his wife. That, that word is to pursue relentlessly after his wife. It doesn't say leave his mother and father and pursue relentlessly after his children or her children. In other words, God wants the marriage to be, to be priority for the health of the children. Does that make sense? Um, and Tate gave you some practical ways, but I'm trying to give you that, that undergirding of where, where God's heart is when it comes, comes to that. So That's great. That's great. Good question. That's great. Good question. All right, Keep question going. number two. We're just going to go ahead and jump in because I know all of you are looking at it. What is a biblical response to my friends that are now believing that homosexuality is okay? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and it does fit under that relationship umbrella because obviously there are those uh, struggling with that tendency for same-sex attraction and, and pursuing and walking down that road. Um, Here's what we need to understand when it comes to that question, everybody, and you got friends that are struggling with that. Maybe you're, you yourself are struggling with those tendencies. Uh, I think that the dynamic we're wrestling with in this, the, 
one of the biggest problems is that we're taking this issue and we're making it like the issue above all other issues. Like, oh my gosh. And, and, and the reality is, is it's sin just like any other sin. Now, we got to talk about some things, church. Listen, if we believe the Bible, we got to start there. Do we believe the Bible? Yes. yes. I, I need a better yes than that. Do we believe the Bible? Yes. yes. Is the Bible, God, is, is it God's authoritative word to us? Yes. Well, guess what, everybody? God's authoritative word sometimes tells us things we don't like. Sometimes it tells you that you're, you're acting in pride and you shouldn't be. Sometimes it tells you uh, that the Bible says to flee sexual immorality. That word is, the word there in the Greek is pornea. It's, it's any, anything pornographic or any, the Bible tells you that. Now, there's a, whole lot of, there's a whole lot of people that maybe struggle with that, wrestle with that. I'm never going to look at somebody and say, hey, it's okay. It's just, just give in, man. Just roll with it. Does that make sense? You're struggling with pride? I'll just roll with it. I'm going to look at you and say, I love you so much. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what God's word says. Because what God's word says to you is based in love. Why does God say don't, don't just give in to sexual immorality? Why does, Bible, what is God, why does God tell his children not to just give in to, to lust or pride? Why does, come on everybody, just follow the line of thinking. Why does God do that? Because he loves you. When I tell my child, don't go play with fire. Dad, you're so mean, it's pretty. Don't play with fire. Why am I telling my child that? Because I love my child. Does that make sense? Don't go play on the freeway because I love my child. Well, sometimes that child's going to look and go, Dad, you don't get it. Daddy, you don't get it. No, Dad does get it. I want you to understand your heavenly father gets it. He created life. He knows how life works, okay? So when he shares with us things we don't like, it's for our good and our benefit. Does that make sense? Okay, so then what does God's word have to say about homosexuality? It's a sin like all other sins, okay? And what are you supposed to do with sin? You're supposed to, listen, die to sin and come alive to the things that God has called you to. We live a life of holiness, pursuing after him. Does that make sense, everybody? Um, so do I give in to my tendency? No. I say, God, do you want this in my life? It's not your best for me? Okay, God, I want to repent of that, which means turn around from that and run toward you. But do you see the problem gets blown out of proportion whenever we, we turn into this thing that's different than every other thing? Even to the point where I'm going to just keep talking and probably get myself in more trouble. But hopefully I'm not in trouble. But I will always stand on God's word no matter what. Listen, even to the point where we say, but it's, in, it's, it's who I am. Okay, now listen, we are all born with a sin nature. I could, I, we all have a propensity toward, toward lusts, toward things that are outside of God's heart. Okay, does that make sense? So you're right. I'm not going to argue with that. You're right. We have, a, we have a pulling. What do we do with any pulling? We submit it to God. Um, That's what I love in 1 Corinthians. I should have been turning there while we were talking. Tatum, anything else on that, babe? You got this. Let's everyone just stare at Pastor Chris. We used to do Bible sword drills in the, in the church. If you grew up in church, it's like who could find a passage the fastest? Come on. This is what it is right now. I just lost. <laughs> Dang it. First Corinthians, um, I, I always, I love going here when we, when we talk about this. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse Verses uh, 9 through 11 say this. I hope I got the right verses. Yes, I did. Do you not know 
that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals. Actually, in different Bibles, it says men who, have, who lust after other men, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor, nor covetous, nor drunkards. Nor re- now, I know as I'm reading that, you're like, oh, it said homosexuals. It says a whole lot of other things. Drunkards, it says thieves, it says, come on, it, Scripture's give, giving this list. He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you have been justified in the name of the, of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. So he's talking to the church, a small group. I was reading this. Got a picture of it back in this old day. They're opening up their letter from Paul, and he's reading it. And as he's reading it, they're going, drunkards, I know who that is. I know who was struggling with that, homosexuality. Oh, I know who was struggling with that or who's, been, or who's in that battle right now. And they're not looking at blaming each other. I can't believe you're struggling with that. I don't can't. They're saying, together, let's walk toward holiness because here's the, here's, the, here's the truth of that scripture. We'll move on to the next one. Is such were some of you. In other words, when you're a believer, when you have committed your life to Jesus Christ, you are no longer marked by your struggle. You're marked by the Spirit of God for the things that he is pulling you toward. Amen? Does that make sense? So I'll move on, but you've got to hear it in love. I've sat down with homosexual couples in our church, and I will tell them, I'll say, listen, in love. I love you right where you are. You're welcome here. Come hang out all the time. But here's what I'm going to tell you. I believe God's best for you is you pursuing after holiness and allowing this tendency to be, to give into this tendency in your life is not actually moving you toward God's best for your life. Does that make sense, everybody? I hope that that helps kind of frame that for you. We spent a lot of time on it, but I think it's worthy of the time. That's great. And I love that you said, PC, that that our heart for you is that we love you and that you're welcome here. Always. My gosh. And we want to walk with you. This is a journey. And uh, so for, you know, those of you that are asking the question, well, how how do I handle it? You you, you walk with them. You you do life like you lead them um, because that's, that's what we're all supposed to do, right? We're all... I think if, if we could get, any, get our people, our church, to understand one thing, is that we were meant to do life together. Yep. We're not meant to do life alone, and we don't discard people. And we even say that you don't, you don't have to believe to belong here. Right. We're going to get you here. We want you to That's get right. around family, get in our church, be a part of our church, and, and let God work in great, you and great. through you. Perfect. All right, so That's let's great. move on. Let's move on. I've got one that I wanted to get to. I want to make sure because it just made me laugh when I looked at it. Uh, where's all the single people? Anybody single? Come all on. The single si- people. Single. I love it. Single. Come on. Raise, be proud. You're single and ready to mingle. You can move <laughs> seats if you want to right now. Okay. Now, this one, this one came in. This one came in. Uh, it said, where are all the single men at? This, you just had them raise no, their hand. It's not just That's men. That's a great question. It's, where's all the single men of God at? Where, where are they at? So, so let's, can, we, can we address this? Let's talk about singleness. And I think specifically, like, men of God. I think we can talk specifically to, hey, men that are single, act right. Come on. Right. <laughs> any, right. any thoughts on this topic? I have a lot of thoughts on this topic. Tatum. No, go for it. No, you need to go first. Um, yeah, that is a great question. I, 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 you know, it, it's, it's shameful, and, but I'll admit it. A, a lot of times in church, it's our ladies that are leading the way in spiritual fervor, in, 
and just spiritually just leaning into God and running. But that's not always the case. Uh, you do have some some great men that that are that are leaning in. And where are they all at? Um, there's some great single men in this room right now that I I'm not going to look at them, but they are here. And I just think. I think when you ask that question, you're asking, where is my single man of God? And I don't know where yours is, but there's a lot in here. And you just got to get to know them. Get in, a seat, get in a crew, get around them and all that. I will tell the guys, though, listen, uh, uh, gentlemen, that there is a, that, in that question, there's a, there's a lady saying, I believe it's right, a lady saying, like, I, I need to look around and see some men with some more momentum in their life. Like, there's more to life than playing video games. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. There's more to life than playing video games. There's more to life than just kind of him hawing around. Like, come on, God gave you a life. Get some momentum with your life, right? Man, I'm going to go on a tangent right now. But all the things, like, when, when you got to have enough momentum, men, with your life that you could actually bring a woman alongside you and go somewhere, you don't want, you, like, there was, like, guys just sitting around wait, you waiting for some girl to knock on your door while you're playing a video game in your mom's basement. Like, stop. <laughs> like, go get a job, get some momentum, get involved in church, like, start running forward. And God might call you to a life of singleness like Paul where you could go get a whole lot more done for the church. But God might also bring alongside you a girl who's running at that same pace. Everyone's sitting around going, waiting for the right one. God's going, be the right one, and I'll bring you the right one. Does that make sense? Like, just go be that, and then you'll look over and be like, oh, she's keeping pace with me. You want to do life together. Um, but I think, there, I think there is a lack of kind of motivation in, in a lot of guys right now. And I, I, I would go, there's the depths of why that's there, but, sure. but man, come on, we need to wake up. Come on, man. We need to wake up and lean in. We need to do a man, we need a man's night. It's coming. We got her it's night. We need a it's man's coming. night. It's coming. Let's do it. We're going to talk about it this week, Tuesday That's right. at a That's staff right. meeting. Hey, Taylor, could you speak to, um, is, this, is this a term anymore, but uh, could you speak to the, the single ladies uh, who are like, that's all they're thinking about. It's like, I just, I got to get a man, I got to get a man, I got to get a man. And they're like so thirsty, right? Like they're just, I got to get a man, I got to get a man, I need a man, I need a man, I need a man. I'm not going to be fulfilled if I get a man. Could yes. you just speak to that for a moment? Yes. Yes. You know, I always, even, even with young girls, I always tell them like, when God wants to bring the right person into your life, he's going to do that. So, so don't waste all this time looking and wishing and hoping and, and, and just thinking about that. Don't let that be everything that you're thinking about. That's just like consuming your time and your thoughts and your life. Like live your life, do the things that God's put in front of you and trust that in the right time, he's gonna bring someone alongside you. Now, obviously, if you're sitting at home every day and you're not getting out there, like it's gonna be hard to meet someone, right? So if you wanna meet someone, yeah, like be involved in church, get into a crew, get, into, get on a team, like put yourself out there in the places where there would be godly men, other, other men that are going the same direction uh, in life as you. But don't allow that to, to consume and you, you waste these years because you're so focused on that. Like, enjoy the years, enjoy the friendships. There, there is a season. In singleness, there are great things. There are great advantages to that. And so don't think that, oh, if I, I meet someone, it's going to be the most fulfilling thing in my life. Like, no, enjoy that season of singleness. Enjoy your singleness and, and all the opportunities that that allows the, the, the friendships and the different things that you get to get to experience and, and enjoy those things. Yeah. 
That's great. That's great. All right. Uh, next question. What do you do in your marriage? And let's keep this. Uh, I'll give you a PG-13, but let's keep it. What do you do in your marriage to have the emotional intimacy and closeness? Um, I think that the, I tell, and you may have heard me say this already, I, but this is Tatum and I's, like if there was a banner over our marriage, it's the pursuit of one another. So like, in scripture, when he says the man shall leave his mother and father and, and cleave to his wife, the word is in, in, in the Hebrew is the bach. It means it's like when one army chased another army, the bach. It meant, it meant like you are, I'm going to run them down. And here's the problem is every, one of the issues we face is everybody thinks that you, you hunt somebody down in dating and then you hunt them down to decide if you want to get married and then you hunt them down just so you can marry them and then you get married and the hunt's over. It's like, no, no, no. All you're doing is you're kind of checking, is this a worthy pursuit? Is this a worthy hunt the rest of my life? And the day you get married is the day you actually on that day are committing to relentlessly pursue after each other your whole lives. And so you've got to work that in, in, in every day. I wake up, what am I doing? I'm pers- re- relentlessly pursuing after my wife. She's relentlessly pursuing after me. We're, 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 and that means we're taking time for one another. That means we're, we're opening our lives to one another. It means there's no secrets with one another. Look at me, everybody. That is a big thing I keep seeing over and over again where couples are keeping. Uh, they're, they're hiding things from one another. She literally knows everything. She knows my struggles. She knows uh, places where I feel like I have maybe fallen or not done well. And I should be, maybe you think ashamed. You don't tell your wife. She knows everything. And I know everything about her. We have an intimacy emotionally because we don't hide anything from each other. Does that make sense? Um, Tatum, you want to speak to that? Yeah, I think with any relationship, you're only going to experience that, that closeness if you're willing to invest and be vulnerable with one another, right? So being intentional to have those conversations about how you're feeling, what you're going through, um, I think that's, that's really important. Like, I know what's going on in Chris's life. I know, you know, what's bothering him. I know what's difficult for him. I know what, you know, fills his love tank. Like, I know those things about him. Oh, yeah, baby, you know it. Time, you know You know it. <laughs> you know it. And so you have to, and also I would say, plan, like, you, you have to, I mean, you know, it sounds so corporate, you calendar, I mean, calendar it, like, Tate night, Monday, that's our day off, and we are, man, we, we sit, we do a thing called, we sync up, I eat my oatmeal, we are such old people, everybody, I eat my oatmeal every Monday, drink my coffee, her and I sit, we look at each other, are you good, everything right, we just, daily, but Monday is our, let's talk about everything, and just get, get on page, get on page, there's not a week that goes by without us being on page, um, and again, the scriptural mandate for that is pursue each other relentlessly. I, I hope that helps. Um, I hope that helps. That's great. D- don't let kids and all that get in the way. You guys need each other. Um, be that for your children. So, yeah. Get all right, we've got time for a couple of, couple of more. Um, let's jump over to friendships. Uh, how do you navigate investing in friendships with people who don't necessarily reciprocate the investment? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I have actually struggled with this in my life because I am very much with my friendships. I 
you know, ask Chris, ask people a hundred questions. I'm like, how are you doing? What's going on? Like, I, I want to know, you know what I mean? I want to invest in my, in my relationships and my friendships. And, and when oftentimes when uh, it hasn't been reciprocated, my go-to will be like, well, then forget them. You know, like that's my natural tendency to do that. Um, but as Chris and I were chatting through, this one came in this week, we were chatting through it and, and we were talking about how um, the healthiest thing you can do if there's a friendship you feel like it's not being reciprocated is to not say, hey, I'm done with you, but just to realize like, hey, this friendship's going to be in a different category. Like this isn't the friend that calls me and checks in on me and that I'm pouring my heart out to. This might be a friend that, hey, I we see once a month or we go out and we have dinner or maybe there's a, a, a text message, you know, a couple times a month or something. And so just recategorizing that friendship and realizing like, I'm not going to get from this person that, that deepness that I want, that closeness that I want, that reciprocation that I want, but they're still able to be my friend. They're still able to be a part of my life. Yeah. And guard yourself and we'll go to the next question, but guard yourself because if you're around somebody who's a friend, but they are constantly taking from you, um, your friendships are either a, po- a positive in your life or a minus in your life. And if, if they're constantly taking and not depositing, they're going to be the people that always leave you broke. And, and you, you can't be in a situation in life where it's constantly negatives being pulled. Like they're constantly taking withdrawals from you all the yeah. time, okay? You, it's okay. I, I think we're supposed to live ourse- our lives in a way where we expend ourselves for people. We need to be able to pour out to people. But if you're not finding some other friendships that pour into you, man, you, you show up broke to everything. You show up broke. And you just need to, to make sure you've got a balance of friendships, of positives, people pouring into you before everybody's taken out of you. Does that make sense, everybody? Yeah. Lord said to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul and to love one another. But that love to one another is, is different. It doesn't mean that all relationships are created equal. You, you set up boundaries in your life. Yeah. So hopefully that helps. That's great. That's great. All right, maybe, maybe one more. Um, how do you, I'm sorry, if, all right, here's a, someone's struggling with this, obviously. If your best friend tells you that she had an affair, do you keep your mouth shut or do you tell the spouse and lead them to counsel? Um, if, if, a, if somebody confides something that, it, it, like that in you, you again need to reframe this and what is healthiest for her, what is healthiest for him, what is healthiest for uh, that relationship is that again, there are no secrets and that there is confession. And so if I was in that situation, I'd go to that person and say, hey, listen, you need to have a conversation with your spouse. I know it's gonna be the hardest conversation you've maybe ever had, but you need to have that conversation with your spouse in order for your relationship to be healthy. If you keep this from them, you... It, you've, you're already deteriorating any hope of reconciliation or any hope of, of, a bright, of a brighter future. So you need to have that conversation with them. In the back of my mind, I'm also going that if they don't go have that conversation, I'm kind of like, and I know the spouse, I, I would maybe go uh, have that, bring them, try to have that conversation with them myself, but I would push toward that reconciliation. That's, where I would, that's how I would take it. Kind of the Matthew principle in addressing yeah, issues great. that you see. That's great. All right, I think we have time for one, okay, one more. Do. One more. Um, all right, although our marriage is great, I feel like my husband sees me more as a mom to our kids and less as his wife. How do I address this in a loving way? That's a good question. 
I was laughing because this is one that came in earlier this week. I, you're going to see something in Tatum and I's personalities, okay? Tatum is, if you do the Enneagram, Tatum's an eight, and I'm more like a three. And so I'm, more, I'm, going, I'm going, oh, you know, I think the husband needs to step up and do you know, all this. And Tatum's like, well, if you're being treated like a mom, are you acting like a mom? Is that all you're doing is being a mom? And like she's just going down that road in it pretty strong. But give it to us, Tatum. Yes, yes. So, so there's two sides to this, obviously, to, you know, everything. And so um, I would say if, if this is you, if you feel this way, first you need to identify, like, what, what practically is making me feel this way? Like, what practically is your husband doing that's making you feel like he sees you more as a mom than as a wife? And so once you can articulate that, once you have that, then I would say take, take your husband out. Don't do this in, in the heat of a moment, but take your husband out for a nice date night and sit down, encourage him on all the things he is doing great, and then say, hey, here's something that, that I'm feeling. I'm feeling like you see me more as a mom to our kids than, than as your wife. And practically, this is, this is what I'm talking about. And hey, how can we resolve this? How can we get to, to a better spot? Um, that other side that Chris is talking about is just, you know, you've got to own up. Maybe there's things that you're doing that you're not really investing in your relationship with your husband as his wife. Maybe you are being more of the mom. You're, you know, juggling the schedule and homework and, and you're just consumed with the kids in their schedule and you're not really thinking about who you are as a wife and taking care of your husband and, and being a good wife and a helpmate to him. So, so there's just that two sides yeah. of that. What, what are you doing that maybe you need to change? And then what are you expecting from your husband? And just communicate that to him. And he, he might not even be thinking about it. And you just sit down and have that, that simple conversation and it could change everything. And I think with, for that lady, uh, uh, get really specific about what you're looking for. Guys work best with specificity. Is that the right word? Like be specific because like I'm just feeling this way. And the guy's just like, I don't know what to do with that. Just tell, here's what I need from you. You know, I, I, need you, I, need you, I need you to rub my shoulders a little more. I need you to look me in the eyes and tell me you love me a little more. I need you I, what, just communicate that so they go, okay, I can do that. Like that's specific. Right? And so I love it. Take, take them out, but get specific. All right? So give them something. Give them a little goal to run after. Um, and and that, that would be very, very helpful. All right? Good stuff, you guys. Did you guys enjoy that? I hope you enjoy it. Listen, next week, uh, I'm going to be diving into a, a couple week series on, on this relationship dilemma that we, we find ourselves in today where our world and all that we've been walking through has caused a lot of, of people to, to um, disengage in what we're called to do with relationships. Jesus told us this, the priority of every man is to love God and to love others. But what's happening in our world now is love is actually growing cold. This is a, sp- a part in scripture that says in the end days, the love of many will grow cold. And what we're gonna talk about as a church is how to keep our love at full flame and what that looks like in, in the context of this world that God has, has placed us in. And so we're gonna be talking about now how do we go out and love well like Jesus has, has taught us to and told us to. And here's what I wanna end with, everybody, as we, as, we, as we close out today, is that relationships are meant to be the priority, but no relationship will be healthy, no, no horizontal relationship will be healthy until a relationship with God, our vertical relationship is healthy. That's why he said that first, is to love him with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then love one another. You can't love one another well unless you are pursuing him well and loving God well. And I realize that in this moment today, there's some of you 
who maybe you do look around at the landscape in your life and there's a lot of relationships that are broken and maybe you've caused some of that pain. You've brought in some of that uh, hurt into those relationships and you're wanting to see things made right and well with a, with a husband or, or, or a wife or a kids or friends. But what I want to encourage you in is before you went out and try to fix all that, that you would fix this. You'd make sure your relationship with God is where it needs to be. There's some of you in here today, right now, listening to me, maybe even on, online, you don't even have a relationship with God. You've never said yes to him. You've been, you've, been, um, you've been watching God from a distance, so to speak. And maybe even at church today, you're just kind of checking things out. Well, I want to tell you, friends, until you actually place your life in God's hands, until you actually surrender to him, until you come to that place where you say yes to him, you're always going to leave relationships around you wanting. You're always going to leave your life wanting. You're always going to be a place of want. Because what you want more than anything is him. What you desire more than anything is him at the core of who you are. And so there's some of you today that you just need to recognize that. You need to get your relationship with God figured out first. And I want to give you an opportunity as we close to do that. You know, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all of us. We've all gone our own way. We all have our own paths that we've walked down away from God. The Bible says that the wages of that sin is death. It's a separation from God in the here and now, and it's a separation that will last for all eternity if it's not dealt with in the here and now. For those of you who are in here right now that are separated from God, my friends, listen, would you let today be the day that you say yes? Jesus came went to the cross, and on that cross took upon himself everything we deserve for our sin so that we can be forgiven of our sin, washed and cleansed and healed and be brought back into the relationship with God that we're craving to have. That's what Jesus did for us. And your job today is simply to receive that gift that Jesus purchased for you, forgiveness and relationship with God, to be made right, to be washed and cleansed today. And some of you need that. You need to say yes. Other, there's some of you for the first time, others of you, you need to come back to the Lord today. And it's the best thing you can do for your life, for your marriage, for your friendships, for everything that God has called you to, is you just get right with Him today before you leave. And so let's give you an opportunity. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, Please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on moving.